Twilio is one of my favorite, rather unknown companies. And Jeff uh, Lawson, the founder, um, as you're, you're going to find out here in a few minutes, is one of uh, has is one of my favorite thinkers too. Um, even though he doesn't uh, give too many interviews, but let me just jump into some of his uh, ideas that I think are beneficial for for us all. So first of all, he's saying, "Hey, listen, I really think that regarding technology in Silicon Valley, some of the best things that happen come from a Renaissance person mindset. It takes a whole person." a whole set of experiences to really bring out ideas and innovations. He says, we all go through life and have these wide varieties of experiences and things we are exposed to. At some point, you have to believe the culmination of the unique experiences that you build up, uh, build up on your career and in your life are the fuel for where, that will take you wherever you go next. And I always think about uh, what Steve Jobs said about Bill Gates. He's like, you know, if he took some acid every once in a while, he'd, he'd be a much more broad person. And in Steve Jobs' opinion, as he would he would agree if he was alive today, he would agree what Jeff is saying here, that you need these wide, differing experiences. And why is that important? Not only is it important to be like a wholly foreign, foreign person, but it's also important for product design. So he says, uh, Jeff says, if you have the same life experiences that everyone, as everyone else, how are you going to have an innovative idea? It is the full set of experiences that enables us as entrepreneurs to actually do our best work. Two things that differentiate humans from every other species. One, we communicate in a more sophisticated way. And two, we build more sophisticated tools. Now, why is that important? And this is why I love like, he has almost like a philosophical bent on the way he views his company, which to me is beautiful. And he says, Twilio sits at the intersection of those two most, most fundamental human things. And he talks about the opportunity for Twilio. Like, why is it, why is there so, and we're going to talk about this uh, several times, but just to give you an idea, he says, listen, we're in the earliest stages in what will be seen as the great communications renaissance. For most of humanity, communicating meant talking to someone that was within a few feet of you. For the past 150 years, you could communicate at a distance, and most of that was by a phone call. All that has changed in the last 15 years. The frequency in which we now communicate, in which we, I would say, which we are now able to communicate with each other brings us closer. I think it is completely understated the way digital technologies are transforming our relationships. And then he talks a little bit about, like, like the size, he's going to go into the size of the opportunity here, but this is something that I always, I, I, I bring this point up so much, I, I feel like people are going to get annoyed with me. But um, one of the, the best ideas I ever heard from Edwin Land the legendary founder of Polaroid, is this idea of a thousand companies. He was not a fan of one huge conglomerate. He's like, what if we split this up and there's a thousand companies? I think he was like, what if a thousand companies each spent $25 million a year on innovation? And this is back in what, probably the 60s, 50s, maybe he was saying this. So Jeff, Jeff says something similar here. He's like, listen, the idea that one company would bring you all the innovation in the world, no way that's going to happen. The thing that creates innovation is the creative energy of millions of developers and the entrepreneurial environment. That's why I'm a big fan of bottoms up and not really a fan of tops down. Um, you have to step. Oh, so now he's talking about. But here's the problem: like, we're, it's easier to communicate with one another, but you're going to interact a lot more with strangers. And this is something I always think about when I when I analyze. Like, I, I really do learn a lot from Twitter. But what I'm always constantly like shaking my head or scratching my head at is why are people on here? arguing with complete strangers that is a terrible use of your time so um jeff talks a little bit about the difference between a media company and their incentives and a communications company which is what trillio does and their incentives he says you have to step back and think what is the purpose of communication is it in, in jeff's opinion it is to engage with people with whom we care and depend on 
We are confusing that with complete strangers, bots, and manipulation campaigns of foreign governments. Then throw into the mix that the whole motivation of these companies is not to connect us. It is to keep us glued to the screen, even though they do say it's, it's to connect us. We don't really need one single company to connect us. That's ridiculous. Uh, there's a reason companies like Facebook and Twitter are communication are not communications companies. They are media companies. Media companies' jobs are to keep you glued to a screen. Communication companies' job is to keep is to connect you. And then this is I always uh, I love this idea of just pausing to stop and think, and then uh, take a step back and really analyze like what you're engaging in, and then who you're engaging with, like what are their incentives? He says, I think you should take a step back and be weary of a system that is designed to keep you glued to a screen and be weary of anonymous people on the internet. Amen. I'm so glad he's saying this. It's part of the reason I invest so much of my energy in my own work with like, I focus on podcasts and and email. These are two open protocols. They're not centralized. They're not owned by anybody else. And I'm not trying to make the longest podcasts. It's, it's the opposite. When I'm trying to literally, what, what are we doing right now? I'm trying to take ideas that maybe took me an hour or so to learn, hour and a half, whatever it was, and take it into small and to distill it down into the, the parts that I just want to remember, the, the key lessons to me, and deliver that to you as fast as possible. I don't want to be in your ear all day long. That's ridiculous. Like, you have your own life to live. Spend that time with your family, your friends. Let's just get to what we're trying to get to as fast as possible. It's another way to say that. So he says, listen, be weary. Be weary that you're, and a lot of people are like, you, you're probably arguing with, if you're arguing with somebody you don't even know on the internet, there's a chance that that's not even a real person. Like, that's how you want to spend your time? You know, eventually that time's going to run out, right? You, you and everybody else you know will eventually be dust, and that's how you're going to spend your time? That's, a, that's absurd. Don't do that. And don't be a, a jerk on the internet, too, if, even if you do know the person. Um, okay, so he says, the other insane thing is when some. oh, this is a perfect example of that. The other insane thing is when someone says something crazy to you online. Who are you arguing with? Why is this person worth your time or engagement? Time is so valuable. It's the most valuable thing in the world, literally. On your deathbed, you will give every single resource, every single dollar you have, everything for more time. Don't waste it. Um, and he, So what's the, what's the counter to that? Jeff has some advice to us. He says, I think we should just focus on the real people that are actually important to our lives. That seems like a much more fulfilling way to live our lives, doesn't it? Yes. And then he talks about, listen, man, we also need to, to be honest, like, Technology has figured out how to hack human beings. He says, I think we're reaching the point. I, I think we're reaching this point of recognition that technology has the ability to manipulate the human mind at a chemical level, hacking the brain stem to do the bidding of the people who write that software. For a long time, we failed to recognize that. So I love Twitter, but I also damn sure know it's addicting. And so I've had to delete off my phone number times and find different ways, maybe make lists of smaller, like hidden lists of smaller uh, amount of people so it doesn't consume so much of my time, like basically try to find more signal, less noise. Um, and I go through this all the time. Um, and if it gets to a point where it, it, it interferes with things that are truly valuable, like work, family, learning, fitness, things like that, then I'm, I'll ditch it completely. Um, with that recognition, I'm hopeful we will become skeptical of some of these technologies. I think that's a smart idea too. Now let's get back to his company. Cause I think the way he thinks about this is beautiful. And uh, he's got a really, a lot of really good ideas in here. He says, so, so listen, I've always thought the communications, which is the market that Twilio is addressing is essentially limitless in potential. Therefore we can keep building this company for decades. We could build an iconic tech company for the ages because, and this is important, he talks about like this, this once-in-a-lifetime shift that's happening right in front of us. Because how often do you see one of the largest and most important industries on the planet undergo a once-in-a-lifetime transformation? He's talking about the communications industry, and he says, from its legacy in hardware to its future in software. 
um, he was asked the question, like, what do you, like, now that you just went public, or I guess it went public two or three years ago, three years ago, I think, uh, like, like, how is that affecting how you're running the company? He's like, listen, we have a bigger stage where we focus on the same things, our customers, our product, our team. If you take your eye off those things, then you're doing it wrong. Um, and then he talks about the product, some of the products that Twilio builds and other companies are building, like it's good for, for founders. He's like, listen, this is one of those once in a lifetime opportunities to take new technologies that allow you to build things that operate at scale and build amazing companies as an entrepreneur because of it. It's never happened before. Not, not like this, this democratic, meaning not as like many people could actually access these resources. Uh, for most of the human experience, the things you create could be enjoyed by a few dozen or a few hundred people. But now you can build something, put it on the web, and have billions of people interact with the things that you've built. And he's going to close here. And I never even thought about this. So he's talking about like everybody thinks that, you know, you have these shifts. Like you have a way to sell software like on-prem. And then now went to software as a service. And he's saying, well, well I don't think it stops there. And he uses examples of AWS, companies like AWS, Stripe, and Twilio. He's like, we're kind of doing things differently if you think about it. And I'll end here. I would say there's a new era of software that is upon us. What is the fastest growing enterprise software company in history? Do you know? It's AWS. And they aren't selling software at all. They aren't selling licenses or seats. They are selling infrastructure. And they're selling it to uh, selling it selling it on a per unit per use basis, excuse me. That is completely restructuring all the major categories of software. Every major category of software is getting broken down to its fundamental building blocks and given back to the world to rebuild in the way they need it to work. If you think about that trend and the financial aspects of it, the scale of the companies that have been built in this new API model, it is a new way of delivering software value. That is incredibly powerful.